VCs were considered, we call them vultures. You know, they're going to come and take charge of your company and, and, and control the company, bring the new management in. And we were like very scared. What if that concept doesn't work? And, and again, that's kind of why we decided we need to be entrepreneur focused. You know, when we invest our company, we want to be sympathetic to what the entrepreneurs are going through mm. and really support them uh, to succeed. Hey guys, welcome to Bluemex Podcast. Um, today we have a great shout out to mention. Um, shout out to MCRO for becoming a continuing sponsor for the, for the podcast. So this episode and future episodes is going to be brought to you by MCRO, who enables businesses to grow through handcrafted digital solutions of the future. MCRO is a web and mobile app development studio with a competent, dedicated, and experienced team focused on solving business challenges through fast-to-market and producing high-performance digital products. If you're looking to turn your destructive ideas into reality or have a reliable strategic tech partner to explore options with uh, for your existing work or for new work, reach out to us and we'll make the introduction for MCRO. And you can have the conversation over coffee or a bone shaker IPA, your choice. Uh, this is a podcast I've definitely wanted to do for a while. Right. Um, I've ran into you in so many events and never realized you're in VC, <laughs> right? Until like the last two years, really good news came up on the radar um, as like as a beginner stage investment tool for our companies to get funding. Um, and the companies you have funded so far are very interesting companies. And I think today's episode is going to be really interesting because not a lot of people get an opportunity into how a fund can start. And as you as a managing partner of this fund who started this thing, I really want to get some insights into that, right? So let's, let's talk about that, right? So prior to even launching the fund, like uh, Moen, like what, what, what kind of things were you doing? Yeah, so I, I would say we, we call it, I think we're more of, it was more of an evolution, uh, how we ended up starting our fund. Uh, my partner Marat and I, independently, we are engineers turned entrepreneurs. And then after exiting our businesses, uh, we ended up doing angel investing uh, through an angel group called Yo Angel Investors. Mm. Uh, and then realized, hey, we're doing this full time. We enjoy it. Uh, why not launch a fund, which we did about two and a half years ago. Uh, we really love it. Uh, just to take a step back, me personally, I mean, I actually went to University of Toronto, um, did mechanical engineering. Awesome. Uh, graduated in 93. Uh, when we graduated, there was no jobs in automotive at all. Mm. Uh, it was a pretty tough time. Uh, so I ended up switching to software development and uh, worked for a company in the U.S. Then worked in in Europe for a year. Came back, uh, worked at Rogers, um, and my partners. One worked at Bell, another one worked at Tully Globe, another one at Nortel. Uh, we were actually uh, developing applications on a Linux uh, Unix platform mm -hmm. for IVR, uh, voice recognition technology. Wow, so okay. in the contacts and the space. Uh, so it is a very complex programming um, uh, concepts on, on, on Unix platform. It took extensive effort. Uh, we're like, hey, why don't we build something on a PC, on Windows NT? Uh, Windows believe NT. it or not, wow. Windows NT, okay, yes. Okay. So I guess we, we went, uh, started our business in our basement mm -hmm. uh, for engineers, no sales knowledge. Um, and uh, we said, okay, Windows NT, we're gonna have to restart every every day. So we ended up putting three of those platforms. It ended up being cheaper than buying a, a expensive uh, Unix platform. Um, so we we actually, uh, I guess, around early, uh, actually late '90s, uh, we actually put our website. Uh, when you search on Excite or Yahoo, if you know about those search engines before Google came up, um, they, we were ranked number one. So we were getting leads all over the world. So uh, our first install was in uh, Ukraine, second was in Venezuela. They're like, hey, you know, this IVR platform, okay, there's Nortal, which is a Canadian telecom company, tend to be extremely expensive. There's another company called Pulse that was uh, pretty fairly affordable. Uh, so we were fortunate, we were doing it at the right place at the right time. Um, and a long story short, uh, we were in 40 different countries and then got acquired by Enchows in 2009. Mm. Um, and then ended up trying to do my angel investing <laughs> 1, 1 .0. Uh Didn't work out well. Then went back to doing a few startups and uh, 
had a, one startup in an automotive software, another one in uh, telecom space again. Not the same, but kind of similar. Uh, second one also got acquired as well. Uh, then, you know, wanted to join a, a group where instead of writing a big check, how can I write small checks in the multiple companies and really work with others who are investing? Mm. So it's this way you actually learn from others how they invest and you kind of uh, uh, diverse, uh, diversify yourself and mitigate your risk that way. Uh, that's how I came across York Angel Investors. Uh, it's a not-for-profit group based in Markham. Uh, it's about probably 100, 120 members, uh, accredited high net worth individuals. That was a really good experience. Got to meet so many successful entrepreneurs, uh, as, you know, successful corporate execs mm -hmm. uh, looking to invest in early stage uh, companies. Through that, I invested in uh, 10 companies. Um, uh, one of them is Enthusiast Gaming that went IPO. <coughs> um, another one is actually uh, what we are very proud of is actually uh, UFT grads uh, uh, um, launching a satellite called Kepler Communications. I don't know if you no, uh, no, heard no, of Kepler. So what they're doing is they're launching micro satellites uh, okay. at, at a lower orbit. Big, big bold idea. Uh, we love the founders and they just had an idea we invested. We even went uh, invested during the VC round as well. Uh, they've launched two satellites and, and they're the big vision is to build constellation of satellite. Wow. So I think that's, I'm very bullish on what they will do uh, in, in the near future, actually, yeah. when it comes to, uh, actually, especially for IoT applications yep. that requires connectivity and so forth. Uh, so I guess we were doing this angel investing. We love it. I love working with entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur, uh, always trying to look for passionate uh, entrepreneurs that can persevere. Um, and my partner, uh, Marat, again, oil and gas engineer, different entrepreneurial experience, had invested in 20 companies. Uh, he actually met Vitalik at Ethereum before oh, nice. they launched ICO. Um, you know, always uh, trying to look for great entrepreneurs with a big vision, taking big, bold step. Uh, so he had, he had quite a, a bit of success uh, exiting successfully as well mm -hmm. in some of those investments. We're like, hey, we're doing this for fun. Why don't we launch a fund? And uh, so it's very unique. We are operators. We haven't come from the financial uh, background from a base street experience standpoint. Uh, but then we met our third partner, uh, Mona, who had actually had worked for um, an investment banker in, in Hong Kong, worked with a small VC in the Valley, and she brought in our back office uh, uh, support. Uh, so to date, uh, long story short, we've invested in 23 companies. Um, 18 of them are in Toronto, Kitchener, Waterloo area, as being very local. Uh, we made our first, um, the last five have been outside of Ontario, I will say. Um, uh, we made an investment in State 22 out of Montreal. Um, made an investment in Kubo, uh, based in Victoria and British Columbia. We made our first investment in East Coast, uh, Rally now in legal tech, which we are very uh, bullish on as well. Uh, so we've now trying to expand just being a Toronto-based VC. Uh, we're getting access to a number of deal flows uh, across Canada as well, which which I think is very critical for what we want to be, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. the seed stage investment. That's, that's amazing. Like that's the kind of a career path you want, right? When you can see all these innovators and innovations and new things coming up and not just being outside looking in, but being able to be a part of all that. And I think that's what you have really leveraged with yourself with by being able to support entrepreneurs, being, avail, uh, being enabled in all these different projects. Yeah. Being an engineer at the heart of yourself, right? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I, it's, more than anything, I learned, like we learned a lot meeting these entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs coming up with concepts and business models and even technology. So for, for me, I mean, I think it's, I mean, we had our experience as entrepreneurs going through the, the tough time and really coming out of it. And it's never over. Um, the challenges that you, you face is, is continuous. You, you can never say, okay, I'm done with this challenge and that's it, right? Uh, so we've, we've actually... 
uh, that's one thing to uh, to able to share that information with, uh, with the entrepreneurs. But I think learning from these entrepreneurs is even a, a next a big uh, lesson for us as well. And uh, and and I think what we do as a fund is not just writing a check. One thing that we've done is our LPs who are investors in our fund also are previous entrepreneurs or execs. We leverage them to help these entrepreneurs at an early stage. So pre-seed stage is where we invest in and is probably got the highest failure rate. And what we're trying to do is how do we increase the chances of these companies succeed at a very earlier stage? Uh, and I think, um, so I mean, just to talk about, yeah, it's very exciting working with entrepreneurs, the knowledge we gain and the knowledge and expertise that we can bring to give to them. Uh, I think and seeing them grow, incorporate some of these uh, uh, information and, and you see them do well. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's actually more than the financial benefit. I think it's very rewarding to see that as well. So, but I think as a, as a fund, the financial uh, uh, yeah. benefit is, 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 is very important. But I think when we do the, the little things um, and think about from a long-term perspective, I think it's, it's great. I think you know, the financial results will come ultimately. Absolutely. So, I mean, it gives a lot to digest here, right? Like the things you've gone through, things you have got to this point, um, it just, it seems like there's like a lot we can learn from here to, to go through, right? So let's talk about the companies you first developed, right? When you, when you as an entrepreneur, can you talk a little more about what the company was? Yeah, it's called Pulse. Pulse is our, we, it's funny enough, uh, we didn't, uh, we have four founders and all our companies that we started were called Pulse. Okay. Pulse Voice and Pulse Services and Pulse Networks, uh, Pulse Networks in the uh, carrier uh, uh, solutions for, we work with tier three uh, telephone carriers as well. Okay. Yeah, so Pulse was a company. Uh, so I, I, we organically grew, we didn't get any investment. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it was, it, you know, it, it's, and, and to be quite honest, we've been profitable from day one. Nice. So what we did was we ended up getting some professional services to fund product companies. Uh, you know, to be quite honest, uh, we missed the boom and the bust of 2000, and, uh, 2000 2001. And I think um, even 2008, we missed it as well. Uh, and we, our best year was in 2009 when we uh, uh, got acquired by Enchas. Um, and that, that's the beauty about being a smaller company. Um, and we were very limited in terms of resources we can get access to. Mm -hmm. We were heads down, you know, uh, building our business. So our first company, we grew it almost to a, a $10 million, $10 million in revenue. And, and, and being profitable is always challenging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a time we were thought about, okay, you know what, let's go and raise some money. Uh, we went out uh, at that time, this is again, late 90s and, and VCs were considered, we call them vultures, you know, they're going to come and take charge of your company and, and, and control the company, bring the new management in. And we were like very scared. What if that concept doesn't work? And, and again, that's kind of why we decided we need to be entrepreneur focused. You know, when we invest our company, we want to be sympathetic to what the entrepreneurs are going through mm. and really support them uh, to succeed. So going back to your question, yeah, so we were uh, organically grew uh, our company. I mean, you know, maybe there's the pluses and minus. Maybe we would have, a, you know, we would have raised significant capital and we would have built our company to be $100 million. Uh, but at, at the same time, we were very conservative engineers. We thought, okay, let's just build the business. Uh, and, um, and I think we were, I think I would say we were lucky as well. We were at the right place at the right time at every, every stage of our uh, business. But uh, I must say, though, um, you know, perseverance was very critical. Uh, I mean, uh, and we are passionate about it. I think we go through so many tough decisions that we have to make. Uh, I mean, you know, we were selling solutions and if you don't bring any sales in, uh, you know, we were done significant hundreds of thousands of dollars on a monthly basis. Um, there are times that we will have to remortgage house to sustain that as well. But we believed in where we were headed and having four founders uh, working together for that long was very important. We had, mm. we all have different perspective. We helped each other uh, complementing different skill sets that we bring to the uh, company, but we all had one vision, one goal. 
okay, we want to get there. And, and, to, and I think, you know, we didn't have the luxury of capital, right? We were, I mean, we, all of us were immigrant. Uh, we came here with mortgages that we need to support our parents with. So we didn't have the luxury of, hey, our parents will support us. It's more like we need to get some income so we can support the parents. Mm. So because of that, we were extremely cautious on how we grew it. But I think uh, we were fortunate. And I, I will say we also, um, even at early 2000, for us to be internationally, like to expand internationally, we are an office in India, we're an office in, in the UK oh, wow. as well. Yeah. Uh, we leveraged a lot of the government program at that time, export development in Canada. Uh, I mean, they had different uh, trade missions that we participated and they turned out to be helpful for us. Uh, but you know, as you can imagine, 1996 is when we started the company. Um, there were no incubators or accelerators Nothing, yeah. that existed. We couldn't even Google up strategies. Yeah. So I remember my partner and I would go to a bookstore and we would read up on sales and then come back and implement that. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, you know, we wish we had that kind of a support that entrepreneurs currently have, mm -hmm. uh, which is good. But I think um, at this point in time, it's amazing to be an entrepreneur. I mean, uh, uh, as, as uh, I think we were talking earlier on about so many changes that are happening in, in the industry or globally as well. Uh, apart from that, in Toronto, I think the whole ecosystem around startup and entrepreneurship, it's significantly growing. I mean, I, I think um, <clears throat> if I were an entrepreneur, I would love to be at this, during this stage um, uh, to, to build, uh, I mean, there's enough support out there to build a really, uh, uh, successful global uh, you know, billion dollar company, not mm. just to uh, a 10, 20, 50 million dollar company, right? No, absolutely. And uh, I think that's that's a, that's what the crutch is here, right? Like, like the, it's easier now than ever. I'm sorry, not easier. It's there's more resources now than ever for entrepreneurship, right? But it, in a way, like everyone's kind of forced into it, right? Where like that's where all the growth really is right now. Everything else is kind of stagnant. Right. Where right now it's e everyone starting a company almost because like, why not? I have, I have the resources available. There's resources being applied, given to us. Right. But it's kind of like it's kind of like a gold rush feeling. Like everyone's kind of rushing towards it. What you feel like. Do you think there's any kind of point where like you should look back and reflect and think like, are these companies really solving real problems or is it being being gone? Are they going after it just for the sake of like? it being a problem they can apply a technology solution for. Yeah. Like, where's really the guiding stone of being like, is this like, okay, this is a cool idea, a cool concept. Is it really come from, the, come from you as like a gut feeling from the past experience that you had? Or do you guys like apply some kind of formula to, to determine what's a cool company, what's not? You mean as, as an investor, you mean? Either or, like whichever way, as an investor or a personal, someone who validates an idea. Yeah, so, so I think that you, you said it right. I think, you know, you need to solve a problem, right? Uh, if, you know, if you're getting in there, oh, it's cool to have a startup and, and there's all this funding and let me start yeah, yeah. a business because of the funding, then that's a, probably a wrong way to start with, mm -hmm. right? I think there is the, um, as, a, as, as an entrepreneur, um, I mean, you need to be passionate about what you're trying to solve. So you probably have experience and we love the, the founder market fit or product, founder product fit. So, so if, if, if you were being a, uh, being a, in the travel industry that's you know, being a, uh, solving a problem and then you're trying to build something like I want to do something in the restaurant business. So I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right thing. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe some people have been successful in doing so. Uh, we always say you've actually worked in the industry, you've found a problem and you're very passionate about what you want to build. Uh, I, I think those are very critical as well. Mm -hmm. So we look for entrepreneurs that are passionate and possibly perseverance. And you know, perseverance come, how do you check if you're perseverant? Based on look at how the entrepreneurs have been over the, over the historically, as well as we tend to meet entrepreneurs and track and follow them for a long period of time. So you can see them, how they've gone through the re really difficult time and come out of it, or how they've not given up in certain areas and how they have been very innovative yeah. in, in, in those certain areas as well. Uh, yeah, so I think you know, it's, it's very important. Like, you know, you got to be passionate. You're solving a problem and and otherwise you get caught up on this. And and I, I always say, uh, I think like, you know, we never as an entrepreneur, I personally never raised funds 
Um, we grew it organically. Uh, but I think there is a value in why, how the funds can help accelerate the growth uh, to, to be a, a fairly large organization, right? Um, but I think they, they need to first, you know, you can't, you know, we get entrepreneurs come and say, hey, I need funding to build the product. No, you gotta, like, I, I, that, that could be friends and families mm. that are able to support you along the way, build the product, get some traction, and kind of have a plan. Now, with getting an X amount of investments, I can go to this, this certain level that, um, that's needed, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, and take it from there. So, so I think, I don't know if that's kind of what, you're asking yeah, yeah no absolutely yeah. like i mean this is one of the interesting things uh, we, we realize too right like i mean the media kind of glorifies these young founders in their early 20s that start these companies but if you look back and look at the actual environment it's generally people who are like midway through their careers who leave and start a company with, with intense kind of understanding of a core problem right because they have worked in the industry or worked on that subject matter for so long they have like a very deep knowledge that go out and solve something. I mean, these are the average companies, right? Yeah. Like, do you agree or? Yeah, I, I guess I don't know if there's enough data to like. I mean, certainly, right? So it's it's just like when we were growing up, my parents said, "Oh, you got to be an engineer, or you got to be a doctor, because or or an accountant. You know, you you get you're guaranteed a job, right? But but people that have actually taken a different path have done extremely well, right? So I don't you know, certainly this whole concept of um, a playbook, okay, so this is how it is, it's been done, the data shows that, and this is how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, maybe that is true, but you know, there are people that, have, that can come out with an extremely different way of thinking, at a, you know, so maybe they don't get, uh, if you're gonna disrupt an industry, like if you go in an industry and you worked in it, you think the same way as that industry. So some young entrepreneurs can say, look, I don't wanna even know how this is done, but this is how it should be done. So that's a new model, a new way of thinking. So I, I, to, yeah, to your point, yeah, you can make a case on that. Like if you wanna bet, like if you wanna do an average of people that have been successful, that makes sense. But that doesn't mean that uh, an entrepreneur that starts with no knowledge, but thinks differently and has a different passion about and, and able to innovate and gather information mm. to get to where they wanna be, they, they could be successful as well. And being different can, can, can cause that. I mean, you can see that. I mean, whether it's uh, Tesla uh, or you know, Elon Musk is trying to disrupt the automotive industry. Mm. So it, it's very important for somebody from outside looking in and trying to disrupt it rather than somebody that worked for a big large auto firm and 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 then you got it still you might be there's a tendency to think the same way yeah all right so yeah like i think um i think it's important to encourage entrepreneurship um to take i, I think entrepreneurship not everyone can be an entrepreneur and it's, it's okay to be not an entrepreneur right uh and 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 i think it requires a certain commitment certain skill set um, skill set means certain dna you know yeah. risk takers and and uh, and and you know hustling and oh no different dna and never giving up uh, those skill sets are required um but um but i think overall even big, bigger corporates are looking to hire employees who are entrepreneurial thinking because they want to be different and they want to innovate within their organization as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, immigrant background, yeah. right? Like where did the focus come to? Like, I want to go start a company. Did you always have that or? Yeah. So, so like I, my, my, my parents, uh, I was born in Sri Lanka. So my dad, uh, we left like, I guess, um, early, like eighties. My dad is a teacher. So, he, you know, we, he went to Nigeria. Um, and actually when we went to Nigeria, I mean, uh, because of the war, we had to leave Sri Lanka, but when we went to Nigeria, we were in a very remote village and that was a big shocker for us. I mean, you know, we had tough water in Sri Lanka here. We had to get water from the well. Oh, wow. And my dad was probably making $300 a month as a teacher. Um, and, and we are four of us and, um, and my dad himself was entrepreneurial, like, you know, okay, you know what? I need to supplement my income. And we had a farm. We will actually work in the farm, a small farm. Yeah. We had a, he had a chicken and, 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 and things that we were, so we became entrepreneurial. My mom will <laughs> sell, uh, yeah. soft drinks, uh, you know, as a compliment. And, and yeah. when my, my brother and I, we actually went to university in Nigeria. So actually, before coming to UFT, I was in the University of Nigeria. So you can really not support 
uh, two university students did that. So we've always been, like my dad has been always been a very hardworking uh, person. Unfortunately, he passed away two years ago, but he's always been entrepreneurial. Mm, now, idea. coming to Canada, the same thing. When we came in, I mean, again, supporting, it required us to be very entrepreneurial. My brother and I will actually go down doing uh, fixing plumbing work and doing a little bit of renovations here and there. I don't want to say well, we were learning. I mean, we had family and friends that were supporting our work. Uh, so we were, we had always have to do something to support financially. Uh, so that kind of, we love that part of it. Um, but then having no job and getting into the software uh, field when I graduated also motivated me to be more entrepreneurial. My first company was also an entrepreneurial company. So, <clears throat> so they grew from nothing to almost 200 employees fairly quickly. And I get to see how they were growing and I was got excited about what the opportunities are within that company as well. And they actually, you know, I, had a, I was fortunate enough to live in Europe um, I'm taking a bigger role, so I get to learn different aspects of the business. So those are kind of the uh, the experiences that have uh, made us to be very entrepreneurial. And uh, and yeah, like you know, just tons of companies we started, many failed. <clears throat> Fortunately, uh, a couple of them were very successful, uh, which uh, which kind of uh, led us to be where we are now. And uh, yeah, so I think it's like you know, we got to be lucky. So we're it's in the entrepreneurial yeah. lifeblood, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the testaments of that, right? Like, you just said you're from Jaffna as well. Yeah. I'm right. So I was born in Jaffna as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's it's part of that culture too, right? Jaffna people like are known for being entrepreneurial, like being sharp, uh, like uh, business owners, things like that. And it's kind of, we export that culture out of that region worldwide. Yeah. And it's interesting here that you grew up with this kind of, kind of mentality, yeah. right? Which is very different from most traditional structures where right. the mom and dad go to work, right? Yeah. They send you to school, try to protect you from the, from the realities of the workforce, right. workplace. And I will say, yeah, I was, I was 11 years when I left Sri Lanka. So I think in Sri Lanka itself, it's always a struggle, right? You know, you, know, you, you have to be in top of your school, getting a really high or A's to even get into university. So opportunity to, to really go and get education and then to get a job, you need to really work hard. So the hard work is already ingrained in mm -hmm. many of us, right? Um, and then it's always a competitive environment. So you need to really uh, rise above the rest of those, uh, others to really um, to do well. So yeah, I think <clears throat> I think that was that was uh, that was the uh, in our DNA uh, generationally. But I think my dad was our, our immediate Im uh, influence on how we end up, all of us, uh, even my my brothers were my partners in some of their businesses that we ran together as well. So so that's kind of how we, and we all, four of us ended up being engineers again as, mm -hmm. oh, you gotta be an engineer or one of those. So we ended up going to university, but our passion tend to be different later on. Yeah, yeah, so was engineering like a way, like when you went to engineering, right? Did you think of it as like, okay, this is me getting my permanent job, mom and dad wants me to get this, or was it, I'm gonna use the tool to get the skills I need to f build what I want in life? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I, I, I was not thinking that far. No, right. I, I think it's like, it's so happy. I actually would say, I think when I was younger, I said, I wanna be a doctor. I, you know, nevertheless, I wanna be a doctor. And I remember my brother said, hey, I don't think you, you're good in math. You're gonna, you won't be an engineer. I'm like, all right, forget doctor. I wanna be an engineer. So by, by I just became, again, it's something that would probably get me a job maybe guarantee me a job and we can pay off all these debts and yeah. and that's what but along the way i think being an being an engineer it taught me a lot of skill sets that till today is very valuable for what we're doing mm -hmm. uh, analytical thinking and logical uh, and, and and a lot of analysis and things that we do i think that was a good foundation uh, that we got absolutely and it's one of the things we already talked about too about entrepreneurs like we don't talk about the foundational knowledge right like this core skill sets or professional kind of knowledge that they gain from a professional designation or a field that they can now translate into higher forms of thinking. Yeah. They can think of and problem solve at a different level because they got this now systemized way of thinking. Yeah. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs are engineers because it's a framework of models of thinking and how to just how to like diversify risk and stuff, right? Which is different from like the people in the financial backgrounds or who are raised in that kind of environment, right? right. So that's really interesting. I mean, what about the rest of your family? Any entrepreneurs there? Like, yeah. So as I said, my brothers were part of my three years business as well. And, okay. Uh, and I think, yeah. So uh, it was like one of my brother and my, uh, two of my friends that started. 
So yeah. they were on, but they were all like, I think the companies they worked for got acquired and they work for those companies now. Um, and then my, my sister works for a company. <laughs> awesome. So it was uh, three, three boys and, and, my, and my sister. Amazing. So let's flip into the more of the, the entrepreneurial mindset of starting like an investment firm, right? So you said you first started by being York Angel, uh, being a York Angel and investing into things you believe in, right? Testing the field out there. Um, when and how did you make the step of like, let's create an entity that can do this in mass, right? What was that, that kind of uh, thinking that came in? Yeah, there? so, I mean, for, for me, fortunately, I think um, I met my partner, Marat, and he had the idea. Yeah, okay. So he came up with the idea, guy, this, this is a great idea. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing this as a hobby, um, or, or as, not as a hobby, but doing it like, in a, in a, not in a formal setup, like, you know, meeting entrepreneurs and investing. Uh, let's let's do this and and to be quite honest, this is a startup for us. I mean, we are two and a half years old, um, and and it is a, like a startup. We starting a fund. It's it's not, it, it, you know, it's 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 like a startup with and then working with so many other startups as well. So, which is an exciting thing. And, and as entrepreneurs, both of us realize, okay, this this is what we should do because we we are running a business. We need to, you know, for us, our customers are our entrepreneurs. So we want to find as many entrepreneurs as possible and really bet on them and grow with them and, and share the success with them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what our mindset was, which was, uh, which was good. So to us, that was, uh, so it, it, it was more of an evolution. So it was automatically and naturally a next step. Okay, I can continue to be an angel investor, but as an angel investor, you tend to write small checks. Right. Uh, there's not a diversified portfolio approach there. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you, you write like 10 investments. Some of them will send you some reports and updates. Others you can reach out. But you, know, you write a small check and they're working with like 10 or mm -hmm. even 50 other other investors as yeah. well. Um, and then the, the interaction you get might get less and less or, or maybe nothing. Right. You get pushed aside. Exactly. Over time, yeah. But being a fund, we said, OK, now we can write a bigger check. Now we are a form of fund and, and we can formalize things. We can formalize uh, the way we source deals. We can formalize the way we do screen the cost. We can formalize our, our due diligence process and, and, and so forth. So I think that gave us an opportunity that it made, it was a natural evolution for us to like start a fund. Now we still get to invest through our fund, but in a, in a more structural, uh, in a more structured manner. Perfect. So let's talk about like, the mechanics of that, right? Like actually starting a fund, like, so how, how did you start the process of learning this? Yeah. So right? Would you start just doing things and you're like, okay, cool. I've learned this so far. So this is how you systemize it. You go and find mentors or like support structures. You go research. Like what was the process? Like? Yeah, a lot of research. And I think we were fortunate. We were kind of LPs and some other f uh, funds as well. Yeah. So we kind of get an idea about how those funds are made. But we, we uh, tap into a lot of experts that have done it before, uh, seek their advice on how, how this needs to be set up. It's a long process and it's very tedious, but, but it's well worth it. I mean, the biggest ch uh, uh, challenge is fundraising, actually, mm. right? I mean, we were fortunate. Um, we were already uh, angel investors. So a lot of our co-investment uh, uh, partners uh, joined us so we like the deals that you guys are investing in because they already like kind of unofficially ask us hey tell me which deal is good and then oh i'm going to write a check so between us i think all three of us we probably have about 30 or 40 companies we've we've been a been angel investors so others uh, that know us have been like you know what you know, tell me a good deal and they try tend to write checks for that so when we launched a fund you know it was it was very easy First fund, you know, uh, was very, we started a very, very small fund because we wanted to learn how the whole fund structure works and so right. forth. So we were fortunate to uh, get, um, I guess, you know, we got probably about 30 uh, investors right away. Um, I mean, within a few weeks. Uh, and, we, you know, we were, we were, we were up and ru running, right? So yeah. we've already been investors, we're investing, we, you know, we had some in uh, uh, exits. My partner Murad had an exit before. Uh, we started the fund, so there was some um, uh, history and, and the credibility, and then people that were investing with us trusted us and came along with us, and 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 we go along. I think as we, you know, most of our uh, all of our investors are high net worth equity investors, um, and uh, we don't have any institutions as an investor yet, but 
you know, when we go to the next fund, that would be our biggest challenge, right? How do we attract other larger investors uh, to invest in pre-seed seed stage fund? Because very early stage fund, we are considered emerging uh, uh, managers, uh, fairly new. Uh, so those are, I think we need to show uh, that we are identifying great entrepreneurs, supporting great entrepreneurs. We have a good infrastructure to do so and then get great return for our LPs. Mm. And that's that's how we plan to be. We're in it for the long run. Yeah. We're enjoying it. Um, and so we, you know, we hope uh, uh, we're making a big difference in some of these entrepreneurs and, uh, we, we, and we all get to uh, share their success as well. That's amazing. So you're you're pretty much in it for the long run now. You're like, yeah. how can we help more? How can we do more of this and yeah. keep going? And how you really do that is finding the right people, sourcing the right type of deals, and getting the right kind of returns. And that being your sales mechanism, right? So you go back and be like, hey, this this is what we've done, right? This is what we've done. So keep supporting us. We keep building forward. Yeah, and and I think it's it's important to like you know um, we like even the companies we invest, we try to um, we don't want to go and run the company and and take charge of the company, but try and support them as much as possible. So our LPs that are you know, willing to help, they'll come forward and, and help them as much as possible. We actually have a next level team that where we can bring in resources to let's say they have a sales strategy or, or, or particular challenge they have to address. So where we can actually help them support that. I mean, mm. because we are investors, uh, we provide that as part of our, our support to our entrepreneurs. And, uh, and I think that's that's important because as the three partners cannot do everything. So we have to really leverage the ecosystem. And there's tons of other mentors and advisors that are willing to help start up just as a way of giving back. We tap into them as well to uh, provide uh, uh, wherever possible. So entrepreneurs come to us and say, hey, we do this quarterly um, update calls or meetings with them and they provide us areas that need help. And we actually, you know, take it on our, upon us to go and identify how can we help them. Or they're trying to get into a certain type of companies. Does anyone know anyone in the industry so we can actually connect them with those individuals? So that's, that's really interesting. Uh, one of the things I want to take, uh, get your thoughts on, right, is that all these funds now recently, they seem to be going for more and more later stage deals, transitioning to more and more later stage companies. And it's like Ray Dalio talked about like, you know, the long-term versus short-term debt, debt, uh, debt cycle. And just like that, like innovation, like especially investing, seem to have a, a cycle, right? Like an investment cycle where like uh, there's a period of like high innovation, high growth, where a lot of small companies are coming up and a lot of like early stage funding is available and it, it booms. And these companies, as they grow, right, the funds kind of grow with them and become more uh, like cut higher and higher checks because they can now showcase these being the funds that uh, this is a company that's their success. They get more and more money and they get pulled more into later stage funding Right, one to support the company that they already invested into, and two because it's safer, it makes safer bets. I mean, do you see yourself being pulled along that cycle where you kind of force someone to go for like larger and larger bets to more safer right. environments? So our experience um, as as managers, we are entrepreneurs. We built company from nothing and successfully exiting. So our experience is pre seed seed, yeah, and that's our that's where we want to stay and we want to support as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, whether growing a company from zero revenue to 1 million ARR to 5 million to 10 million ARR. Certainly there are other funds that may have the experience and, and is, is lower risk, but I think the biggest return can be get got at when we are at early stage. We get in very early um, and, and, and you know, we, we were fortunate enough in less than uh, two years, uh, one of our companies, HTBase, um, we invested and uh, got acquired by Juniper Networks in less than two years, and we realized about 11x return on that. Oh, amazing. So, so I think there's a lot to be said about supporting the companies very early and having a higher, extremely higher return uh, at an earlier stage. Having said that, at this scale, um, you know, do we have funds to, uh, uh, to, to, you know, to, to keep our equity in play? Um, but you know, we, as a small fund, we realize, okay, this is the only commitment we can make. And the, once they get to a certain stage, we might use secondaries to exit, or we will take a, go on for the ride if we see that we can get uh, a certain multiple that we are, we are anticipating. Every company we invest, <clears throat> 
we will make sure we look for companies that we can be 10x in the next three to five years. Mm. So they should actually have a path to become a 10x in uh, in value or revenue, right? So they should have an aggressive growth profile. Ag aggressive growth profile. Yeah. With that means significant a number of them will fail, yeah. but the ones that are going to um, make it, we're going to have a significant return. Of course, it's one thing to project the hockey stick projections, right. another thing to actually could be have the acumen to perform it. Yeah. And uh, be able to do that. Uh, and part of that is like is leveraging risk by you know having multiple companies you bet yeah. on right we, we do that for right companies. um that's really interesting because like this i think that really like um resonates with me because it's such few resources for seed stage funding especially nowadays like toronto now has become like like there's like a whole bunch of uh, funds right now like series a level you know invest 1.1 million dollars and above and it kind of this this very little companies really sorry little, very few financial support companies who haven't broached that gap yet to get to the point of Series A. Yeah, right? for sure. I think there won't be um, if we don't if we don't exist there won't be Series A companies. Yeah. I guess, right. Yeah, like I think this is as I mentioned this is where what we know well and we've proven with not just entrepreneurs but as early stage investors we see the return big challenges but we also have i think we are building a, a, a support system so we can help these companies to increase the chances of them succeeding so instead of having a number of them fail what if we can actually help them along so they can also succeed and get to the series a as well perfect um i mean do you provide anything else other than financial support like obviously like some kind of mentoring some kind of support some kind of consulting work is there but what are the resources you kind of deploy yeah, so, so I'll give you an example of, um, so our LPs, as I mentioned, um, I guess 20 plus LPs or investors were active uh, in our fund. So they actually will be, um, you know, for example, we are the former VP of finance for Alibaba, who's an investor in our fund. Wow. Yeah. And he's actually uh, sits on the board of one of our, our, our portfolio companies. Wow. Uh, we have the former CFO of Johnson & Johnson with an investor in the fund. He actually uh, sits on one of our life science tech company as mm. well. And he's actually taking them to J&J for potential pilots and contract and, and so forth. So I think we leverage our LP network, as I mentioned. And with our next level team, we are forming those more formally. But again, providing this as specific help that entrepreneur needs. I need help in this area. I need help in those areas. So we don't go out and we don't have a program where we yeah. mandate them to come through. We would just, you know, go out it's and say, available. these are all available. Tell us what you need. And, yeah. and we can see that when we meet them on a quarterly basis, or oh, these are the gaps you have. Okay, you know what? We got this profile of folks that we can bring in and we could have a discussion about that. Right, and that's what you generally hear of too, is it's not just the, the money. But it's a resource base yeah, that can be provided, sure. especially through the investors that come in. Exactly. And the connections you make through that. Exactly. Uh, so that's really interesting you mentioned that. So yeah. let's delve that back a little bit to the companies you work with, right? Because you talked about relations being such a key component, especially in early stage companies when you don't know, you don't have, they don't have a revenue structure, they don't uh, necessarily have any uh, stability, right? You're really betting is on the entrepreneur. Yeah. And about building that kind of relationship with understanding the person, um, tracking them for a while to see how they deal with these kind of situations. Um, one of the biggest issues that venture capital gets into is the idea of creating like a monotone culture, right? Where the people who are in charge of the capital, they've been asking people who are similar to, or believe in the same thing as them, right? Um, and they create a culture of, of like-mindedness. This is the biggest problem Silicon Valley has. Why a lot of uh, wealth has left Silicon Valley and invest in other places, and why a lot of talent leaves is the idea of groupthink, right? Because yeah. the same kind of people who think and value the same kind of things get invested into and keep sporadically putting the money into, right? And Toronto is different because we're a city full of uh, full of immigrants and uh, minorities. You being one of them, right? And that diversity kind of aspect. How has that shaped your thinking as an investor? Yeah, have so that kind of background? we actually have one of the criteria between Marat and I, uh, when we look at a company, uh, something called look from the above, uh, where we disagree the most. Mm. So they tend to be uh, probably one of the best companies. I mean, we model this uh, with another VC in the Valley as well, um, where the best deals are when the partners disagree. Because those are the ones that are thinking differently. They're not following the norm. Mm. Um, so which is important for us. I mean, there's a number of 
our, if you look at our portfolio, certainly some we may you know where we made a mistake or we would think about it. Maybe we should have consulted another another uh, another investor as well. Uh, but in many cases, we were you know we we are investors. We are other funds that passed on it. Um, there there's a, there's one of the company that's got a female founder. She's got great traction. Um, she couldn't raise here in Toronto. We were the first, we put the term sheet in, we're the first to invest mm. in. We, re, we referred her to a, a, a VC in the Valley and they wrote a very large check and now she's up and running and uh, she's significantly grown her revenue and, uh, and we've very, and then she's on the, I think pretty much wrapping on the next round as well. That's so right. I think, I think, you know, we, we, we don't, we want to think different, just like we want the entrepreneurs to think differently as well. Mm. And um, in some cases, we will co-invest because we can only write a smaller check. So somebody's raising uh, 500,000, our check size is only 100, yeah. right? So we want them to raise as quickly as possible. So we will socialize with some of the investors that we know that will focus in that area and, and have the and similar, philo that, yeah. Yeah, uh, similar philosophy. Also in areas where there have been a prior investor with that individual company, we want to understand why they invested and how long they've known the investor, uh, the, the, the entrepreneur. Because in not in all cases, uh, we will get to know the entrepreneur. Mm. Many times, you know, maybe entrepreneur goes, okay, it's a great company, great market, great entrepreneur, um, but they're gonna close soon and we really wanna get in. So we don't have the luxury of knowing the founder. So we had to tend to reach out to their previous investor, get to know them as well. Now, there are areas where we really like a company, but we don't have known that space that well. So, but, but we like certain part of that business. We would then reach out to other investors that have invested in that, in, that have the expertise in that field to get their perspective. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's there, but I think, you know, uh, we've, me personally, um, and Marat as well, we actually got burned and as an angel investor. We wrote a fairly large check into it as an angel investor, thinking that this very large, well, you know, uh, VC is investing, not realizing that um, they have not done deeper dive because they just it's based on a relationship and they wrote a lot of check and, yeah, yeah. and and that company is folded, right? So I think you know that was a lesson learned to say let's not lead, let's do our own due diligence on our own merits and with our own thesis, it may be different from any, but hey, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's part of how we- uh, I mean, we hear that a lot, like the group thing that happens in the investor groups, is like you trust the other person and there's trust and then there's a, the, it kind of like spirals where people are like, okay, cool, you, this guy's in it, this guy's in it, right? And like, okay, that makes sense, we'll go for it. And you see that with a lot of companies you raise, because a lot of startups are, 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 are kind of play, uh, play that mentality, they know, that getting a good name or getting a good cosign is going to spiral a, 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 a their their round. Yeah, right. I think it's true. Like you know, in as much as yeah, it is. It could create that group of, of maybe lack of a better word, a cult, right, where they they are together. But I think it does also help, right? So it's it uh, because there's so much like at an early stage, there's maybe so little due diligence you can do, right? Um, so so it's good to like understand why the other person is doing it. And, and I think it, it, it does help, right? So especially if you, know, if you know of a certain VC that has been really successful in picking the right winners and, and had a good track record, it's important to get that feedback and knowing that that person is in could validate. Sometimes, you know, it could be a backfire. Oh, because they may have, I mean, we've actually backed out of a, a deal when we know that VC had, is a corporate VC, right? Maybe it's more of a strategic viewpoint. Maybe that 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 corporate actually acquires that type of technology. So they put a big, big lead uh, term sheet out. We actually backed out, okay, maybe their motives are different. So we need to think about uh, uh, when a lead uh, VC has a different motive and we want to make sure that we are different. Yeah. So yeah, like it's, it's uh, uh, you know, we you know we, we do also check with other, knowing the other VCs is very helpful, um, but I think it, it can help or hurt yeah. uh, based on. Uh, so when I first started going, doing like the entrepreneurial gambit, like as like a getting involved with community, like I started my first company when I was 17, second company when I was, just, when I came back to school after the first company and do well, right? That was all in isolation. 
My third company was a tech company that I didn't really understand. I started reaching out to the community to learn from and started getting mentors and going to these pitch competitions, stuff like that. Started seeing all these bubble companies form, right? Founded by people who know these resources out there, who has the ability to capture something, capture all this stuff, and just build these facilities to just get the wealth or get, get the accolades. And some of them was like, there were people at the time professionally pitching just to win the pitch competition. They don't actually build the company afterwards. They just take the resource, yeah. right? And I mean, we see less of that now because uh, mostly because people are, can track more. You, you can track people on LinkedIn, who win, what, what happened afterwards. You can see kind of holistically. And as more exposure comes, I think that's the light of this. But I think that the big problem in this industry, right, is the people who can show, showcase, put up the front, not as a not necessarily as a fraud, but like as like a bubble, right? Build this bubble around them as like, oh, it's a great product, it's a great thing, right? And get the accolades and uh, and the relationships in place and create false entities, right? How do you protect from that, yeah. right? Uh, I think you know, like in any any um, any uh, industry or ecosystem that's fairly new, maybe initially that may have been an issue. I don't know about it, but I think right now, I think. It's a very small community. Yeah. It's getting smaller and smaller, especially like all of startup community globally is a small community. Then if you think about North America, then if you think about Toronto, uh, you really can't get away with it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, it or just a phone call away from getting to know that. So I think whether as a VCs, I think we need to be in our best behavior because it's an extremely uh, small community. Entrepreneurs, individuals, uh, advisors, mentors uh, have to, I think it's very, very important to be genuine, to do it, uh, you know, you know, uh, and, and, and be ethically, morally be right. It's so much value in it because this is not a short term. You can come in and flash and dash and it's never, never over. You're going to be in it in the ecosystem. Even if, if you were to move to the U.S., I think that system is even uh, even smaller there. So I think it's, it's an area that I think whoever is trying to do that. Uh, it's thinking about from a short-term perspective, not really from a long-term standpoint, and really can't sustain it. Yeah. I, I, to me, I think right now we will automatically we be flagged and with so many other ways when we identify companies. And and just as recent as two weeks ago, we heard a pitch, and then immediately I get a text message in the in the text message, hey, did you know this? And I'm like, wow, like, you know, in, 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 the, in the middle of the pitch, I'm not kidding. In yeah. the middle of the pitch, somebody just sent me a text. So, the information flows. So, right yeah, there. so yeah. It's, it's like one of the audience just texts me, hey, did you know this? Right? So again, so it's got to be, you know, maybe there are one or two try to do it, but you can't sustain for too long, I think. That's interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. I mean, before we go, let's, uh, Dale, if we can pull up uh, the web your website, uh, Good News, uh, just so people can have a place to find you at. Yeah. What's the best way people can reach, reach out to yeah, you? Yeah, so you go to goodnewsventures.com, and I think there is a contact us, I believe. Okay. Um, as an entrepreneur, whether you're starting an idea, whatever you have, always reach out to us. Um, uh, we will actually try to meet you in person. Uh, mm. Not, uh, Sorry, we will meet you. We'll at least schedule a web call, and then if you like it, we actually review it and invite you to meet in person as well. Uh, but... Um, yeah, we you know we, it, this is so valuable. I think um, whether we invest or not, we would like to know what you're doing, and then we want to keep track of you um, and also try and help you along the way, so that when you're ready to invest, we will be there uh, to make the investment. Perfect. Um, yes, uh, that's. Can we just go up to a few of the companies you guys work with? Like these are really cool companies. So hashtag yeah. paid. Yeah. I mean, the amazing work they've done. Like that was a young team. Um, so I was at the discovery conference. I was at, I was wanted by UFT to be the UFT's lead um, and the discovery conference run by the OCE. Yeah. And hashtag paid was in the booth in front of me. Yeah. And these were guys were like 20 year old guys, like super young. They just started. And I remember just talking to them and seeing, wow, these guys are brilliant. For sure. Right? Like how smart and how educated they were and what they're doing and how, how confident they were in what they're, the production produ they're providing and how well they've grown. I, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, uh, <clears throat> Marat was an angel investor in mm -hmm. Hashtag Paid and, and uh, that's one of our, you know, they're doing really well, very impressed with the founders, uh, you know, learn, innovate, change. Um, and they're growing, so absolutely <clears throat> be a great story. Lending Loop is another one. Yep, <clears throat> peer-to-peer -peer lending uh, mm -hmm. platform. 
they actually uh, work with small businesses that are looking for small working capital loan, and they got investors, yep. uh, tens of, you know, I guess thousands of investors. You don't have to be accredited, and uh, you, uh, you actually, uh, uh, their return, you can, you can make money off their interest, right? That's amazing. So, which is a, a great platform uh, based in Toronto as well. Yeah. Um, Zoom, Zoom.ai, we know they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to come on the podcast too. We've been That's scheduling right. back and forth. Arrestify yeah. is great. Yeah. Voice Flow is another one that is, mm-hmm. um, they're actually, um, uh, they, you know, f- you know cre- they're the voice, uh, they, they actually target developers creating voice applications. Mm. So um, Amazon just uh, invested in them as well. Oh, wow. Um, and um, so if you're, for example, if you're writing an application on Alexa, um, you could actually use their tool to create a voice application, maybe yeah. a story for your kids. Yeah. Uh, and they have a drag and drop tool for really smart guys. Uh, HTBase is the one that uh, they're in the hyper convergence, moving data from premise to the cloud. Um, you know, they got acquired by Juniper. Um, oh, that's a company you talked about, yeah. Last Amazing. year. Um, and um, Hockey uh, Stick, I know they're doing some yep. great work. I knew they're um, head of client success and they're head of sales, yep. right? What a great sales team they have. The, the movement, they were able to move. Yeah. But again, they're going through another pivot, I, I believe, right now. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Door. That, yeah. They used to renamed themselves, right? What was yeah, the Mortgage was the name. Okay, yeah. yeah so we've uh, actually known Mohammed uh, through his... Uh, uh, he used to be with another one of our portfolio companies before that, yeah. uh, before he started Mortgage, and, uh, and then renamed as Door. Again, three guys, um, ex-Flip, um, really like the founders. And um, again, they're supporting mortgage brokers, back office uh, platform for them. Absolutely. And, and you guys recently came in, went into Access, right? Uh, the yeah. motorized. Uh, yeah, motorized window shades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's someone that uh, we, we bet a lot on the founder there. We actually uh, have known Trunk for like over two years. Um, Trunk's great, yeah. With just an idea. and um, He's been grinding it out. He's almost grinding. at every event showcasing. Yeah. It's, like he is out there. Yeah, it's, really, it really takes a, it. it takes a lot to get to what you do, and and he actually is is in hardware and and B two C, and then it's kind of outside of a sweet spot. But we love the founder so much. So that's exactly and what I was going to ask for. Yeah. Uh, a hardware company like this, I mean, this outside your traditional portfolio. Yeah. Um, what what was the decision making process there? Like? Yeah, that's that. He was overwhelmingly amazing founder, and we tracked him. Mm. Uh, for a long period of time, and we seen the progress of what he was doing, and we thought, you know, and then we still very bullish on what he can uh, accomplish from what he. So again, done. doubling down on the founder exactly. and their hustle exactly. and all that, great. And Cubo, I mean, love Cubo. Yeah. Right. Um, so one of our companies we work with is Tap Menu. Um, yeah. One of the biggest issues is working with point of sale providers. Yeah. They're so black boxed, um, and there's a few uh, integrators coming out, right? But none as easy to work with Cubo. Like, like we reached out to work with the Cubo and they reached out back really quickly. Very young guys, they are white company, uh, company oh, yeah? as well, uh, based in Victoria, uh, BC. Uh, what they do is they aggregate all the delivery platforms, so DoorDash and Skip the Dishes and Ritual. Uh, and, and as a restaurant owner, you had to work on all these devices, so they integrate them into one platform. So Beautiful. as a restaurant owner, it's easy decision uh, to make because it, it creates more efficiency and, and support. Everything is a lot easier, but the team is an awesome team. Yeah. And very young guys, and we're uh, very bullish on those guys yeah. as well. I mean, it's funny because like, <coughs> their conversation has just drifted into, oh, there needs to be an integration. There's too many platforms out there, all this, and boom, these guys have already moved into that yeah. market space. Yeah. And it's, they're in a perfect safe space right now. For sure. But what's beautiful about them is how easy they are to work with if you are a startup one integrated point of sale systems they're leveraging their network uh, i know they have a great partnership program yeah. right uh, it's a paid program to uh interface with them if, the, if you are uh, a great software provider you can yeah. work with them too and uh, it's been great so yeah great companies uh, you're definitely on your profile portfolio yeah. with and uh mohan thank you again man it's been an hour I know. Right, we're gonna wrap realize. up. Right, uh, I think I feel like this conversation could go on for a, le- for a few more minutes, but we'll wrap up Kay. and uh, hopefully have you back later on to talk more about your next round and, and yeah, I hope coming so. in. We we're, we're still looking to invest in ten more companies, so you know there are great Perfect. companies. Uh, you know, and oh, what the check size you write? So hundred uh, to two hundred thousand dollars. So you know, we the maximum we've done is five hundred thousand. Yeah. So our sweet spot is about hundred or two hundred thousand pre seed st- seed stage. Uh, we like uh, SaaS companies, 
enterprise or SMB. We've done some marketplaces as well. Um, we are trying to stay away from hardware and B2C companies, but if there's a hardware, comp uh, comp uh, hardware company, there's a bigger software component to it as well. Perfect. Right. And um, is it debt, equity, mix of both? What do you No, all equity. All equity. Yeah, so in terms of our term sheets, uh, we are very flexible. It can be a convertible note or perhaps share, but it's not, um, so convertible note is a, is a, is a note that will convert uh, when they go in the next round. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Mohan, good news ventures. Thank you. Thanks.